Welcome to Public Health Plus, the bonus episode. Uh, I'm MJ. And I'm Cass. So we sort of skipped over this part in the main episode because this got way more complicated than I could ever anticipate when I was doing research. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's it's so interesting that I thought we, we might talk about it here. Yeah, it's always good to go back and dig into some details that either we forgot to cover or things got a little too intense or too in the weeds. Just cut due to time. So with iodine, I, I think I explained this in the show. Iodine is like, it's we need it. So if we don't have it, we literally get sick. So that one's very clear cut. But fluoride, it's like we don't, it's not a necessary mineral for life, right? But um, but it is it is very helpful for our teeth, right? So it turns out the scientific issue when it comes to fluoridated water is actually a lot more complicated and a lot deeper than I ever thought it is. Which I will say, that's not unusual in research, right? Like we like to think that we have the answers to questions and that we have all of the available evidence, but things change over time as we learn new information. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people will do a study and find one thing, and sometimes people will do a study and find the opposite. So part of that is study design and and different things that we don't need to get into here, but it's not always super clear cut like it is with iodine. Yeah, especially in public health, like public health deal with a lot of topics that are not clear cut, but... We, we have like good evidence suggesting that it is a good thing, but there's always fringe cases or other issues that, that makes it a lot more complicated than, than what it seems to be. Well, we don't always have the benefit of doing randomized control trials in public health. So we're reliant upon observational data, which, you know, you get into selection bias and all these other sort of threats to internal and external validity. But, you know, we do the best we can in public health. We try to do our best we can. Public health is really good. Believe in public health. <laughs> That's the message. Yay, public health. Yay, public health. So before I get into it, does fluoride prevent cavities? Yes, that is 100% true. If you have fluoride contacting your enamel, it strengthens it, it protects cavity. This is why you have fluoride in toothpaste. That is not the issue. The issue is fluoridated water specifically. The concept behind fluoridated water is, well, fluoride contacts enamel is a good thing. So if we put fluoride in drinking water, when people use that water, the fluoride will contact enamel. And that's that's the idea. Sure, makes sense. But with fluoridated drinking water, it means you're also consuming fluoride, right? Because you're that's, that's the whole concept behind fluoridated drinking water. Right. Generally, you swallow water. Sure. Correct. Right. So sometimes we spit it out, but generally we drink water, we swallow it, right? So this is where the contention comes in. We know for a fact that at high doses of fluoride, it causes this thing called dental fluorosis, which I won't get into, but it essentially it stains your teeth at higher levels of fluoride. It might even like distort and sometimes aesthetic, sometimes functional distortions in your teeth. So we know that high doses of fluoride is not a good thing. So that is a real thing. Okay. And I feel like when people deal with dose relations like this, where it's like a little bit is helpful, but a lot is not helpful, it always gets contentious, shall we say. Oh, absolutely. Like dose response relationships are an important part of public health to see like, are things working? Are they working at the right doses? And oh man, do bad things happen when you get too much? Yeah. And this is the exact case. And I think that plays into the whole panic or resistance to it because we know for a fact that higher doses at high doses of fluoride is not good for you. And then it gets to other things that I found when I was doing research that it's hard to describe. Like, for example, does fluoridated water cause cancer? And the answer is maybe <laughs> at really high doses, maybe it causes cancer. We maybe have some you know, some data suggesting that if you intake at high dose fluoride over time, it may lead to increased cancer risk. Hmm. 
but it's not definitive, right? But there is some data, but it's not definitive. And same thing with bone health. Does fluoride negatively impact your bone health? Maybe <laughs> at higher doses, though. Like most of these findings are at higher doses of fluoride. I mean, so question, when we're talking about higher doses, is this the kind of higher dose where like if you in a regular day drink a bunch of water or if you're a person who drinks a lot of water and it happens to be fluoridated, that's a high dose? Or is this the kind of thing where they're dosing mice in labs where they're getting like the amount that no human would ever potentially consume? Like what does it mean when we're talking about a higher dose? So both, but more the latter. Got it. Okay. So we mentioned episode like back in the day and kind of somewhat today, like how much fluoride is in your water if it's not fluoridated. And if you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of strict water control, how much fluoride is in your water depends on where you live. And there are some places where there's just naturally high fluoride to the point where it's we're talking about like significantly higher levels. So that does happen and that it does show, for example, dental fluoros- fluorosis is an issue in those area. But also uh, some of these studies are done in a lab setting and we know what happens in lab settings, like they'll just dose mice with really high amounts just to see what happens. So both, but, but, you know, again, like with things like cancer and bone health, it's really hard to find enough evidence to like really conclusively prove, unless it's like a very strong relationship, like asbestos. Right. And we're exposed to so many things that it's hard to pinpoint one particular cause unless, like in the case of asbestos, it causes asbestosis, which that only happens in your lungs when you are exposed to asbestos. Like things like that is pretty clear, but otherwise it can be challenging to pinpoint a particular cause. Right. So cancer, bone health, maybe, maybe. There are some preliminary issues that, you know, fluoridated water at higher doses causes cognitive issues like ADHD, maybe. (laughs) Again, very preliminary data, not really conclusive. And this issue is what gets a lot of people up in arms. There is some preliminary observational data that suggests when pregnant women have fluoridated water at higher levels of fluoride, it lowers the IQs of their children's by a few points. Preliminary, observational, is there a connection? Maybe. I don't know. Like we just we just don't know at this stage. Well, I think the this contributes to the question of whether we should fluoridate water, because if there are these potential risks, you know, or potential negative health impacts, that can make people hesitant to do something because like we've talked about, fluoride is already in toothpaste. And so what is the value added of fluoridating water? if there are potential health risks, like that can be a concern that people need to think about. Yeah. So I think, you know, this is a public health question where what's the cost and what's the benefit. So I will still emphasize here that we do have a lot of evidence saying that's like low levels of fluoride uh, reduces cavity levels. But I think you brought a really good point. Like it's one thing to say is fluoridated water safe. It's another thing to say is fluoridated water effective. And a lot of proponents are saying, well, no, we should remove it because Uh, fluoridated toothpaste is a thing now. And we see drops in cavities across the board, regardless whether an area has fluoridated water or not, regardless the natural fluoride occurrence in an area or a country. Like we see drops in cavities across the board just because of toothpaste and better oral hygiene habits. And I think that is not an insane idea to say, maybe we should stop fluoridating water because we have toothpaste now. I have a question and you might not know the answer to this, but I'm thinking about sort of the cost and the benefits. If you run your tap water through a filter, does that remove the fluoride? So like if you have a Brita filter or a filter in your refrigerator? Right. So I looked into this and uh, the answer is 
you know, it depends on the filter, right? I think okay. Brita filters are, I don't think they're that effective. It might lower it, but I don't think it completely eliminates it. But there's some, there's definitely some filters out there, like reverse osmosis filter that just removes everything. Yeah. But I don't know how strong your common Brita filter or fridge filter is. I was just wondering because like my tap water, it tastes okay <laughs> if you drink it out of the sink, but it, it has a kind of a chemically most tap waters do yeah to the right a lot of tap water does Uh, and so we don't almost never drink water uh, that isn't either coming from the refrigerator filter or the brita filter partly also because we we put our tap water into our really really fancy espresso machine and so we Ah. filter it before it then touches the fancy espresso filter but if we're paying money to fluoridate water and then people are running their water through filters that might remove the fluoride like that just seems like a waste right yeah. And and I know a lot of people don't even drink tap water. They'll only drink bottled water anyway. Yeah, and that creates a lot of plastic waste, which, you know, don't get me started on that one. But <laughs> maybe we should do a whole episode on recycling as public health. Oh no. I'll get too angry and it won't be usable. No, but, no, no, um... <laughs> no. We don't we don't have to go down like specifically into plastic bottles. We can focus on the positive side, which is the recycling. Recycling is public health. Sure, sure. We could talk about that as well. Although we don't have a America really needs to like make a better recycling program system because right now it's not really great. Yeah, so there is a reasonable argument that maybe we shouldn't fluoridate our waters anymore because, I mean, we have toothpaste, we have other sources of fluoride. I will say, though, it's one thing to not fluoridate water. It's another thing to not regulate fluoride because some areas does have naturally high fluoride content. So I think we should still regulate fluoride just because we don't want too much. We, we know too much is bad. And I always, I just still find it hilarious that if you have naturally occurring fluoride, people don't flinch. But as soon as you fluoridate water, people like get up in arms. I mean, people, yeah. Anytime you want to start adding something, people get twitchy about that. Yeah. For anyway, we won't get into it. But anyway, thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, please join us again on Thursday for our regularly scheduled main episodes. Thursday. Thursday.